Edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting beside me here in the place of the first ever episode, if you know, you know, is Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Dominic is doing great, Brandon. How are you? Are you going to speak in the third person the entire time? Dominic doesn't know just yet. Dominic doesn't know? No. Dominic's going to do what Dominic's got to do? Sure. Okay, so this is, uh, we're doing an episode without studio audience today. Sad, sad times. She's over. In Mexico. Across about, the pond. Yes, across the pond in Mexico. Yep. About 1,600 miles away. No, it's only like 1,100. Uh, it's 16. I checked on my phone. It says find my friends or whatever. It says it's like 16. I thought it was like... You can 11. check it right now. That was like 11. You can check it right now. Get off your phone. Stop playing your game. Javi Baez just hit a you know, solo blast, though. On this episode, the rules are reversed. Dominic did not have work today, so he should be well-rested. On the other hand, I'm pretty tired, not going to lie. Working on like three hours sleep. Woke up at 7 o'clock this morning. We're doing it about 9 o'clock at night. But we're going to power through this, Dominic. Are you going to bring the energy? Are you going to carry the load? Ooh, sounds a little sexual, me carrying a load, huh? Well, with How you doing? Well, with the studio audience here, you can go both ways. Are you carrying a load or are you not carrying a load? I'm not carrying a load. Running on I'm going to make you do everything. You're running on empty right now? Kind of. Okay. On that note, let's get into everyone's favorite segment. Dominic's picks, everybody. Last week, week 14. Well, well, hang on. Can we, by next year, is there a possibility we can just have a little, like, you know... We, I mean, I could make a drop if I really wanted to. Yeah. But then, you know, I have to, like, cut it. I have to insert it. I have to, like, look through. It's so much work. Because you just don't love this podcast enough. I know I don't love this podcast. I don't know what's more than love. I what obsess, is love? I'm obsessed. What's obsessed? What is love? I'm working on a cup of coffee. Had one energy drink earlier today. Drinking on one right now. So if I have a heart attack and kill over and die, pray for me. I'll make sure to keep uh, this podcast running smoothly. All right. I'll so, put Oreo on, this, on the mic. Yes, and Oreo is sitting right next to us, the lovely mascot of the podcast. And if he happens to get up, he's playing with fire right next to Dominic's cord. So he might yeah. just get up, rip it out, and we have to start all over again. But anyways, last week, week 14, Dominic did not do bad, but he did not do good. He went a measly, mediocre 8-8, eight and eight, which brings his overall record to 103, 91, and 1. And 1. And on week 15, he was able to bring it up to the 500 mark because he picked Baltimore. He ain't no dummy. He picked Lamar Jackson over the New York Jets, and Baltimore wins 42-21. to 21. Dominic, Lamar Jackson is the clear-cut MVP, and there's no other option, right? Uh, Yeah, there's another MVP to talk about. Do you know who I'm talking about, Brandon? No. Who is it, Dominic? Tell he's me. A, uh, he's a uh, quarterback. Mm. Uh, in the Bay Area, named Jimmy G. I was about to say, I know damn well it ain't Derek Carr. Yeah, well, okay, you think I'm that stupid to say Derek Carr? 
Well, I mean, you could make a case for it, but after last week... I, 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 I would say, you know, Jackson has had the more noticeable year. Um, Shout out Lamar Jackson. Breaking the alt or single season rushing record for a quarterback. Get you somebody who looks at you like the way Mark Ingram looks at Lamar Jackson. Big whoop. Okay. We about that. And, and 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 what? Did you see the Michael Vick video? Yes. Congratulating him. Oh, I'm talking about the other video. The other videos. The incriminating. H- have you video. seen the uh, the SJWs on the internet who are trying to? protest Michael Vick. Oh, sorry. I, I triggered the mask up by yeah. saying Michael Vick. He seriously started growling. But uh, they're protesting Michael Vick being a, uh, a coach or whatever on the Pro Bowl. Because he didn't, he apparently he didn't serve enough time and he's an animal to society. Pun not intended. No, I think you're fine. I think you'd be fine. My my honest opinion. Okay, so I think that's enough. We're not going to talk about the Jets. So moving on to Week 15, a full slate of games. That was the last Thursday night game of the year. Honestly, wasn't that good. But anyways, usually Thursday night games aren't that good anyways. Jumping into it, we got a NFC North matchup. The Chicago Bears taking on the Green Bay Packers. The Bears still alive in the playoffs, clinging on by a thread. Green Bay takes care of business against the Washington racial slurs. Not exactly a dazzling performance, but they get it done nonetheless. Dominic, who wins in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Chicago. Hmm? Okay. Because Green Bay's been very disappointing lately. Well, no. Aaron Rodgers has been disappointing because he's, on, go there right because now. he's on our fantasy team. And we can get into fantasy a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, because I'm going to go crazy. But uh, that's, that's also the most frustrating thing with Aaron Rodgers is he's not performing up to his normal standards but yet the Packers are still winning because they have such a good run yeah. offense. So it's not like they need to change anything up. But do you think Chicago will win? What will be the reason? Does Mitchell Trubisky continue his resurgence? I think uh, resurgence? the defense finally comes back for Chicago, and it holds Green Bay to only field goals or turnovers. Moving on, we got the New England Patriots taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. You would think this would be a no, a you know, easy pick. New England, move on, not going to talk about it, but the New England Patriots are back at it again, Spygate 2.0. Last week, the uh, an advanced scout for the Patriots was at the Cincinnati Bengals game against the Cleveland Browns, and apparently, allegedly, this is all what's been reported on, they have a do-your-job series where they you know look at the depths of the Patriots organization, and they had a camera crew follow the scout around, and a Cincinnati Bengals official realize that the camera crew was looking at the Cincinnati Bengals sideline, which is a big, big no-no. Ooh. They take the tape. Not exactly sure what is on the tape, but obviously they are probably trying to look for some signals or some tendencies with the sideline there. Dominic, your thoughts on this whole shenanigans between the Patriots and the Bengals? I mean, I feel like it's hard to be like, oh, it can't be true or anything like that because everybody now associates that shit with um, with New England but it's kind of funny to me and I, I really don't really give a fuck that Bengals suck I don't see why it's an issue either so yeah you don't you don't understand why it's an issue that a team was trying to it's almost like the Astros they were trying to steal signs eh, 
Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's fine. You know, it's cheating. It's cheating. Who cares, right? Yep. As long as I'm not doing it against your team, right? Yep. That being said, do the Patriots finally get back on track? It's the Cincinnati Bungles. Their offense has been sputtering. Everyone's waiting for them to get back on track, especially we're week 15. Three more weeks, and then we're in the playoffs. The offense has not been looking too hot. Is this a get-right game for the Patriots? If it isn't, then I don't see how far they're going to make it into uh, the playoffs if, if this isn't their game to really get in the swing of things. You've been backing the Bengals recently. You always pick at least one shitty team. Do the Bengals get it done? Motivated because... No. Okay. That's it. Just no. Just no. Yeah, no. Stop. Moving on, we got the Seattle Seagulls taking on the Carolina Panthers. I don't even think last week we talked about the firing of Ron Rivera. No, we didn't. We did not talk about it. No, how? I forgot to mention that. But no more Riverboat Ron. End of an era for the Panthers. So obviously they're uh, eliminated from the playoffs. They're looking on into the future. Seagulls take a tough loss to the Rams. Rams still in contention. Talk about them a little bit later. But Dominic, your thoughts. This is a get-right game for the Seahawks. Yes. I think this game... I mean, it's a definite must-win, but... Um, as long see... as they keep a game behind the 49ers, they have a matchup later on in the season. And if they tie, they have the tiebreaker. So as long as they don't fall two games back, they'll be fine. Exactly. There you go. Look, you're, you're uh, beating me to the punch. Going job, on buddy. to Carolina. What do you see their future as? Shit, I, I don't even know with them. Um, it To me, it's just very... I don't know. Do, do you think... Uh, um, Newton comes back? That's or a do big you think, question Or do you mark. think they move on? I would still stick with Cam. Yes, he's owed a lot of money. And as we kind of talked about, you don't really know. Do you look at, because he's dealt so much money, do you kind of cut some costs and try to go some other routes and try to win with a good defense and a mediocre quarterback? Mm-hmm. Could do that. I mean, Eli Manning is a two-time champion after all. But we'll have to wait and see. I think it is one of the more... I mean, if Dallas is gone, I I don't know if you can say maybe Dallas's job is a little more lucrative and more appealing, but you have to deal with Jerry Jones and all that other bullshit. But then moving yeah. on, we got a very interesting AFC South matchup. Beginning of the season, we thought, okay, it's going to be between the Texans, the Colts. The Colts have Andrew Luck. He's healthy. He's going to be good. Well, Andrew Luck ain't playing. He retired. The Colts... We're doing good early in the season. They fall off. The Texans beat the Patriots last week, or two weeks ago, and they come at home against the Denver Broncos, against a rookie quarterback, and just get their faces stomped in. And now they have to travel to Tennessee, who are white hot, demolishing the Raiders. And this is basically for the division. Dominic, your thoughts on this game? Oh, I have no idea. To me, the Colts, I think with luck... Everything this we wouldn't be talking about Lamar Jackson. I think this would have been the Colts here. Um, to I, be clear, Dominic, we are talking about the Houston Texans facing the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. We are. Yes. You sure? Yes. You sure you didn't say something about? The, I did say something about the Colts, but it was yeah. a roundabout way of talking about how we didn't really think the Tennessee Titans were going to be here, but oh. now they're here. That's why you should get off your fucking phone, Dominic. I'm sh- Christmas shopping. God damn it. 
You've been home all day. You could have Christmas shopped there. Are you going to get my gift? Because next week is going to be the second annual Curveballs and Cherry Shots gift exchange. I have your present in my Amazon cart. Haven't bought it yet, but it will be here in time well, I was thinking about getting next you something. Friday. No spoilers, Dominic. That's going to be a complete and utter surprise. But then I was just like, I feel like if I get you that, the studio audience is going to flip. Well, the studio audience isn't here. She doesn't have to. Well, Mama don't know. Won't Wait, hurt. what day? What day would the gift exchange be? It would be this next episode. So it would be next Friday because that's what we're scheduled at. Correct? Yeah. Could you get the gift by next Friday? By Friday? Mm. Anyways, we'll talk about that off the air. But for those, oh, I, I will edit the first ever Curveballs and Cherry Shots Christmas Exchange and put it out as a bonus episode. God damn it! In the middle of the week. So if you haven't listened to it, I know maybe. Our friends over there at Trapdoor to Hell haven't listened to that episode. They don't need to listen to it. No, they do need to listen to that episode, especially since Dominic's gift is no longer with us. We don't have to get into that. But anyways, Houston (laughs) Texans taking on Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Who do you got and why? Go with Titans. And why? I mean, they're doing a lot better than expected. Um, I will give them that. I thought Houston would be doing a lot better, but they're not. Um, yeah, I think I'll go with the Titans. We're at that time of the season where we're going to have a lot of tank bowls, and we got one in New York. We got the Miami Dolphins taking on the New York football Giants. Miami just has to stay back in town because they faced the Jets last week, and now they face the Giants this week. Does Miami get it done? Yes. They're going to take the dub. Yes. So they're going to lose the tank bowl. Yes. That's enough talking on this game. Yes. Yes. All right, Daniel Bryan. Moving on, we got the Philadelphia Eagles, who barely beat those New York football giants on Monday night, taking on the Washington racial slurs in Washington. Philly, they could be in front. They still control their own destiny because they are playing the Cowboys later on in the season, but they need to keep pace with the Cowboys, and they could take first, especially with who the Cowboys are playing this week. Does Philly get it done? No. So you're going to go with Washington with the upset. I mean, I always pick one, right? I mean, you did pick my you did pick Miami. I don't know if Miami counts because they're like in a tank bowl. But moving on, we got an AFC West showdown. We got the Denver Broncos, as we said, stomped the Houston Texans. Facing, heading, sculling, I don't know. They take on the Kansas City Chiefs, who took care of business against those Patriots. Is this going to be similar to last week? Looking at the Patriots. Get the big win. You play the tech. You play the Broncos next week, and then you get shellacked. I mean, see, my, my my whole thing is, it just depends on who's starting. Who's starting, Brandon? What do you mean, who's starting? Who's starting? Who would be starting for? Are you talking about Drew Locke for the Denver Broncos? Yes. Why wouldn't he be starting? He fucking railed the Texans last week. I mean, I don't think he'd be a good fit against uh, Philly. Or Kansas City. Or, what, are they playing Kansas City? Yes, they are playing Kansas City. Then why'd you say Philly? When did I say Philly? I swear, you're just fucking with me today. I said Denver, taking on Kansas City, who, just like last week, Houston Texans coming off the win against the Patriots. The Kansas City Chiefs are coming off the win against the New England Patriots. So does that mean Denver is going to do, go two for two and stomp Casey's head in? Oh, I thought you said something about Philly getting it done. I'm like, no. Well, that was the game before where we talked about Philly taking on the Washington racial slurs. 
and they weren't going to get it done, you pick Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, Dominic is just on an absolute roll today. Denver against Kansas City. Who do you got? Um, I'll go with Kansas City then. All right. Then I'm just so tired, you know, I've worked hard today. Dominic, would you like to tell the audience of what you did today? Mm, utterly nothing. Literally nothing? Utterly. Moving on, we got a, uh, not an outright tank bowl, middle-of-the-road tank bowl. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are coming off a uh, wild shootout against the Indianapolis Colts. Really hurt my defense last week, but still got six points, but also got six points taken away from me because they gave up 450 fucking yards. <laughs> but anyways, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, good Jameis, bad Jameis, who knows what we're going to get, taking on the Detroit Lions in Detroit. One of those who cares football games, but we got to pick them. But I'm going to go Detroit. All right. Then another really who cares, the Cleveland Browns, who are still on their shitty schedule, maybe trying to make a comeback. Probably not going to happen, but do they get it done against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? Yes. Then we got the big game of the week in our area. We got the last game ever at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum for the Raiders, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are not very good as of this moment, are going to travel to Oakland to face the Raiders. It's a tough, I would say, uh, you know, last game ever at the Coliseum. I know that, you know, not everyone from that team is from Oakland, so they really don't care. But does that extra emotion get it done after they've been utter shit the last three weeks? I'm going to say yes, but what I want to ask you is if they win... Is it a party in Oakland like they just won the Super Bowl? Or do you think it's kind of like, you know, a normal a normal victory? I think it would be a little bit different as I did my one mute of the show. So I'm not going to do the rest of the show. But I think it would mean a lot more if they didn't get fucking Their annihilated by the Jets, get mm-hmm. their annihilated by the Tennessee Titans. Titans. I yeah. mean, you, can ass- you would assume that was going to happen against the Kansas City Chiefs, but I w- you would think you would want them to be a little bit more... Uh, competitive, mm-hmm. so the bloom is definitely off the rose for the Raiders. I mean, a month ago we were talking about possibly they can take the division because Kansas City was slipping. Kansas City clinches the division last week, and now the Raiders still technically in line for a playoff spot. You still never know; they could rattle off a few wins here and there, but yeah. pretty much the season is over. I still think it's a success. I didn't expect them to do all that much, so it is kind of an improvement of what I thought they were going to do, but. I don't know exactly how the feeling is going to be. I think it's going to be kind of a party atmosphere, especially since John Gruden kind of says all the right things and says he loves Oakland and everything. Yeah. But uh, it definitely will be an interesting atmosphere. The only game only game I went to for the Raiders, great game. Play the Jets, opening week. Wasn't the, uh, the smoothest of tailgates we had because we don't really know what the fuck we're doing. But that was also the game where Marshawn Lynch danced and the crowd went absolutely apeshit, and it was amazing. I mean, there's always next year, but for uh, the Niners, if we had to. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings, who are trying to keep pace with the Green Bay Packers. Still have a wild card spot, taking on the Los Angeles Chargers in Los Angeles. Minnesota, not really known for a big old traveling road contingency, but maybe they can take over L.A. because everybody takes over L.A. Does Minnesota get the job done against the Chargers? Yes. Because I think the Chargers are a fading franchise. I think they're going to have to 
next season revamp everything they got it they're gonna get rid of rivers they're gonna get rid of uh, literally everyone moving on to the other los angeles team the rams who got an impressive victory against the seahawks on sunday night football traveled to dallas to jerry world to take on those dallas cowboys important game for dallas you would think that the rams are slipping but now they looked very impressive last week so it's definitely gonna be a tough matchup the cowboys do play much better at home with Philly taking on Washington, almost a certain win for them. Dominic, do they get it done? Do the Rams do the quote-unquote upset and still stay hot, or does Dallas finally get their shit together? I think Dallas does not get their shit together. I think I'm going to give it to the, to the Rams. I think Goff goes off, and I get mad that I cut him for my team. So, Moving on, we got the San Francisco 49ers finally getting a break from their tough, tough schedule. They come back home to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Could be considered a trap game after all these tough uh, games that they've had. Absolute fantastic game against the Saints last week. George Kittle, an absolute monster on that catch and run. Man was trying to tear his head off, but he still ran actually 10 yards. Is this a trap game for the Niners? Or do they get it done? They are very injured on their defensive side right now. No Richard Sermon. He's going to be gone for at least, I think, at least the rest of the regular season. Definitely a trap game. Um, I think the Niners will pull it off, though. I don't, I, I don't see the Niners slowing down anytime soon. Moving on to Sunday night football, we got the Buffalo Bills taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Buffalo Bills still have hope to win the AFC East. The Pittsburgh Steelers are clinging on to that two seed. These are the two wild card teams in the AFC, so maybe not the most compelling matchup because the Steelers aren't the juggernaut they once were. But should be an interesting game. Two playoff teams fighting for for seeding. Go the Buffalo Bills because no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, right, Dominic? Yep, Bills Mafia, baby. Moving on for the final game. No more Thursday night games anymore, so the Monday night game will do it. We got the Indianapolis Colts, as Dominic talked about uh, erroneously on a, sh- on a game earlier on in the show. They take on the New Orleans Saints, who had that spectacular game as Oreo does his best to try to take out this whole goddamn podcast. And they, uh, as I try to look on my screen to see if he hasn't destroyed the podcast by now. He probably did. No, he didn't. We're still good. Good job. We're still in the air. Good job, Brandon. Colts, take it on the Saints. Saints, baby. Who dat? Because, because I think the Saints are just better. And not because I need them. To, I need a Jared Cook to play and go off like 50 points. Well, he did pretty good last week. He got two touchdowns early on in the game, and then he gets just absolutely shellacked and gets taken out with a concussion. Maybe he'll do it. Who knows? Maybe. So now moving on to some hot stove news. A bunch of stuff happened. A little simmer last week. But this week, all the big free agents have been accounted for. We have Steven Strasburg signing the richest pitcher's deal in MLB history. Of course. For about 24 hours as he signs, resigns with the Washington Nationals. Seven years, $245 million dollars. Strasburg maybe got a little shafted on his early years with the Nationals, but they finally pay him. Dominic, your thoughts? Do I think he deserves that money? Yes. Do I think he should stay with the Nationals? No. 
I think he could have got more money and could have, you know, been a key player in another young and up-and-coming team. We talked about it last week that the Nationals were expecting that they weren't going to be able to sign Strasburg and Rendon. Rendon goes to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Seven years, the exact same deal. Seven years, $245 million. The Angels making some moves. They're finally pairing Trout with a good young, or I guess prime of his career player. This isn't enough for them to do, you know, make a playoff run because they still got the A's and the Astros in their division. But this is a good first step because they definitely need starting pitching. So do you think they get Mad Bum or somebody else to... Do you, do you see the Angels making a run for it in off in the off season to make a place playoff push? I mean... I definitely think the Angels are going to be a definite, you know, pain in the ass for the Angels and the Astros and Seattle, but I don't see them making a playoff still. Okay. 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 Moving on. Now, I said Steven Strasburg signed the richest deal for a pitcher in baseball history, only for 24 hours, because the next day, Garrett Cole, the man everyone was talking about, we all knew he was going to go to the Yankees. It was just a matter of how much. He signs for nine years, $324 million. He had 325 strikeouts last year. So pretty much every strikeout he had, he gets paid $1 million. Must be nice to what be it, Garrett Cole. What to do? How much is that guaranteed? Fully Guaranteed, he has an opt-out, I believe, the fifth year, but uh, no trade clause. I mean, this is all his money. Bullshit. Can he, can You're he in the wrong profession, Dominic. Uh, I'm becoming a baseball player. It's not too late. It's not. You're like the DDP of baseball. You, you hit your peak in like your 40s. And then turns out I become the next great, you know, I'm like the... The Matt Chapman. And then you lead a revolutionary fitness program like DDP. Shout out DDP. D-A-H. Yes. So, Cole, they get the job done. They've signed their man. Are the Yankees, they forced to be reckoned with. There's yes. uh, rumors that they're trying to get Josh Hader. They have to trade for him, so who knows how much they're going to give up. We also have Didi Gregorius, who has left the Yankees and has signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. But more on the Yankees and how does this move affect them going forward. Do you think it's too much money because it'll affect them elsewhere? They have Judge, they have Cole, they have uh, what's the, Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. He might be dealt because he's not doing all that well, but his contract is just so fucking massive that no team really would want to take him up. Unless he takes a massive pay cut. I mean, it's one of those things where we see that with teams that, not just in the MLB, but in a lot of other leagues, they get these fat contracts and then mid... I mean, shit, look at pool holes. Signed that fat ass contract, and what he still has what one more year left? I don't know, something crazy like that. But it's just like you know, I think Cole after his third year is just gonna, he's not gonna do anything for the Yankees. He's gonna be a subpar pitcher, probably get dealt into relieving, not a starting role anymore. And hot take Dominic thinks Garrett Cole is going to be a reliever midway through his contract. Yep. Hot takes. Now, Didi Gregorius going to the Phillies. They're making making some moves. 
I think Phillies definitely need to look at their pitching, definitely their reliefers. Their relievers, I mean, Didi's a good player. It does hurt the Yankees. It does help the Phillies, but it's not a monumental move like Strasburg, Cole, or Rendon is. You know, Bryce Harper needs to get traded from the Phillies. Just saying. Overrated? Yes. You know where he needs to go? Where, Dominic? Oakland. Because mm-hmm, Oakland is just throwing out that dough. And now the next shooter drop in free agency for baseball is Mad Bum. Who knows what's going to happen? Is it there are rumors that maybe he's going to join the evil empire and play with the Dodgers, Dodgers, Angels, the, I think the Rangers. You know, there's a lot of teams out there who are pushing for Garrett Cole, but the Yankees are the Yankees. They just throw stupid money at him and they can't really compete with them. So Mad Bum might be the next best thing. Where do you think? He lands. Well, I know he he's he stated he never wants to play for the Dodgers, um, and he really wants to stay in SF, but the Giants don't really want him back. My whole thing is why not sign him to a one-year deal and say, hey, if you prove yourself, you know, good, we'll we'll reevaluate middle of the year and we'll get you an extension for multiple years. You know, like I think you. You gave you gave Posey this fat contract after his, like, what was it? I think it was after what twenty twelve. You gave him this big fat contract. Why not give it to Mad Bum? Because Mad Bum is old and he's overrated. I said it. I mean, when's the last time they won the World Series? Twenty fourteen. And how long ago was that? Uh, five years. That was five years ago. I, I'm not paying for something that happened five six years ago. I want to pay what's going to happen in the next five, six years. Okay. Okay. And then finally, well, not finally in baseball news, but Adam Jones, he has moved on. He's not going to play in the MLB anymore. He's moving to the Oryx Buffaloes. Yes, we're talking about Japanese, Japanese baseball. We're talking about Japanese baseball on the podcast. We just cover everything. Konnichiwa, bitches. A lot better than the other Japanese accent did a few episodes back, but Adam Jones. What about what, Oscar? It was Oscar son. Andrew Jones, great player, you know, maybe Hall of Fame worthy. I don't know. I didn't look at the stats, but Jimmy nice guy. Later. Very uh, famously a wrestling fan. He was on WWE Backstage. I think it was on the premiere episode. What? So shout out Adam Jones. Good guy. Hopefully he finds success over in Japan. And who knows, maybe he has like a year stint over there, comes back, and he has a career renaissance in the States. You said Tyler beat you this week, right? Dominic, I was... Gonna, I, I realized we forgot to talk about fantasy football. I was going to come back to it after we talked about everything else. But if you want to just open up that sore now, yes, we can talk about fantasy football. Tyler, if you're listening to this. Which he doesn't really listen to it. I mean, he's already... Travis. I, you know, I, I listen to their podcast. Try to, shout out to Trapdoor Hell. Usually I fast forward to the fantasy football side of things, and then mm-hmm. I skip around and listen to other stuff. So Travis is listening. So shout out to Travis. But, yes, first week of playoffs. Number three seed, even though I had the second best record in the league. I was in the wrong division, apparently. Didn't get a first round by. I played Tyler Gunderson. His running backs, he's been trying to trade for he's been trying for me to trade for the entire year. Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon go absolutely insane. They hit the hundred yard mark, they get the ten point bonus, and my team just kinda shits the bed. And yeah. Here I am. You upset? I'm a little upset. You mad, bro? I was mad. I'm still mad. Not not gonna lie, I was in my I was in my feelings. Sunday. And Juice World died? Well, Juice World died in the morning. Oh. So it was already off to a, sh- a shitty start. My team had a really good first half. 
Tyler even like texted me to like concede that he, his team was gonna lose. Oh, and, you know, it's been a good it's been a good year, cheese. And then just Freddie Kitchens just decides that oh look, I have Nick Chubb on my team. Might as well use him. Yep. And fucking Joe Mixon goes for like 200 fucking yards. And Amari Cooper and well, Amari Cooper did well. He was the only person actually did well on my team. But I digress. Shout out to Trap Door to Hell. They. Travis advised that you send in questions to their podcast because you they would like to offer a helping hand in your on your uh, fantasy football. Hmm. Yes. Maybe uh, I'll look into that, and maybe I will send some questions into them. Well, maybe not now because it's kind of the end of the season, but maybe next year. Maybe next year we can do a uh, a fantasy football league of our own, a trap door to curveballs and chair shots fantasy football league. We have four players already. We just got to get some other ones. So if you guys are interested, send us an email. We'll we'll invite you for next year. Maybe we'll have a dynasty league. We can just be together forever. Always playing fantasy football. Maybe. Forever. Fantasy wrestling, too. Number one pick, Roman Reigns. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving back to the baseball. The MLB has changed its drug testing. They're not going to test for marijuana, so shout out to to MLB for, for doing that. NBA and NFL. Need to follow suit. And they're also going to test for cocaine and opioids. Definitely, this is affected because of the whole Tyler Skaggs situation. So, Dominic, your thoughts on this uh, development with the MOB drug testing? Well, I mean, first off, kudos. I think uh, the devil's lettuce is becoming less and less uh, scary, I guess would be a good way to say it. Um, I do applaud them. Uh, So, when you say they're testing for coke and opioids is it a more thorough test or i mean i'm not the most knowledgeable person on dr- on major league baseball drug testing so i just assume all, co- uh, well, all cocaine and all whatever banned opioids or whatever let's it is. assume it's a more thorough test just so then someone like another stags isn't you know we don't see uh bryce harper dead one day i mean back in the 70s and 80s ooh, wild wild west they'd be just taking everything yep i mean there's the the Pirates pitcher who pitched a no-hitter on LSD. Shout out to that guy. Anyways, okay. Dominic, you were saying? Yeah, I'm good. Nothing else to say? Nope. All right, finally, before we get into wrestling, shout out to David Stern. He suffered a brain hemorrhage. Ooh. Yesterday, he was rushed to the Fuck hospital. David Stern. For an emergency surgery. No word yet on his condition. But I wish the best... For David Stern, hopefully he gets better. He fights through this. We can see him watching a basketball game, choking on water, again. Dominic, anything to say? Fuck David Stern. Worst commissioner ever. Okay, that'll do it for us for sports. Hopefully we don't get canceled. Hopefully David Stern doesn't come after us or come after Dominic. I got nothing against him. Hopefully he gets better. But anyways, why would, what do you? That's you know, you're talking about your other podcast might get canceled. Why keeps thinking everyone's gonna get canceled? No one can cancel us besides us. It's 2019. Everybody gets canceled. Can't cancel me. I I have so many podcast titles. Don't names. say anything about K-pop. If you say anything about K-pop, they will find you and they will kill you. K-pop? Yes. Like Korean pop, or is there like yes? A, what do you mean? They will come and find you. Don't say anything about K-pop and BTS and all that other good fun stuff. If, like, BTS is gay or something like that. Okay, moving on to wrestling. We got some WWE releases. We haven't had a good batch of releases in a long, long time. We have Luke Harper, Sin Cara, 
and the Ascension, Luke Harper and Sinkara have been open about requesting their releases. It was, uh, apparently, they didn't even know they were getting released until that day, so surprising for them. The Ascension kind of came out of nowhere, but they haven't been used all that much. Dominic, your thoughts on the releases, and what do you think the future, what, what does the future hold for these four men? I know at least two of them. And I, what, okay, do you count the Ascension as one or two? I mean, it's a tag, they're a tag team. I don't know what their plans are, what their personal relationship is, if they want to be singles. I think they're kind of like in that Darren Young kind of thing where they're just going to, I think they're just going to go in the indie scene, be a knockoff Ascension, make their money, and, you know, live their best life. So I do, I 100 million percent see Luke Harper going to AEW. Sincata, on the other hand, that's an interesting one because yeah. he's taking Mystico's. He took Mystico's gimmick. Mm-hmm. So what is Hunico or whatever his name is going to be? What is his gimmick on the indie scene or in the Mexican? Or does no, he just go with no mask anymore? Well, I mean, he can't wear the Sincara mask because that's Mystico's mask, basically. So he can't be Mystico. Can I he, don't know. He can't be Sincata because that's WWE. He's going to be Sin Mystico. No Mystico. Sin Mystico? No Mystico. Or how about the... What's opposite of Sin? Mucho Mystico. That sounds pretty Mucho good. Mucho Cara. No, much, very, a, lot of, a lot of face. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Apparently, there are more releases to come. We have seen some other people maybe voice their frustration. Do you, We have Mike Bennett, who's been floating out there. Dominic, do you uh, see... Anybody getting fired by the end of the year? Or, sorry, released? <sighs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I don't really... I, maybe Bennett? I mean, you bring him up, maybe Bennett, but I don't think... They pull the CM Punk, release him the day his, whatever, child is born. See, but Bennett, to me, given the right angle, I think could be hot. I think he could get way over... I mean, even if it's, I mean, I know he's been doing a bunch of his little preaching videos about how he's sober and blah, 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 and all that junk. But I think if you were to give that as his angle, you know, and be like, I'm better than you, I'm sober, you know, blah, 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 and you just put him against, you know, maybe not main event, but I mean, a, definitely a mid card, you know, I could see that happening. I don't see anything from Mike Bennett in WWE. I think he's just been so buried, and especially with the cuck angle that happened all those months ago that they just kind of dropped and didn't do anything with I don't see them doing anything with him in WWE aside from just being a jobber. But I think in ROH or the indie scene or wherever he ends up landing, he, there's some upside with him. I, I did, can see him go back to ROH. I can see that. I happen. mean, he could you know team up with Matt Taven again. Yeah. You know, Maria can take care of the baby and maybe she wants to come back and do whatever she wants or I mean Mike Bennett is the one that is saying that he wants to be released Maria hasn't really said anything about it so maybe Maria stays with the company but yeah I don't know what she would do if she's going to be you know leaving she has a baby and she's not really been wrestling at all so I don't know what's going to be up with her but yeah it will be interesting to see what goes on especially since we thought with the current climate of wrestling that WWE wouldn't be releasing anybody and they release one of the people we've been dying to see outside of WWE with Luke Harper. will be a lot of fun to see what he does. I mean, would you be surprised if you see him in AEW? 
No. I would not be surprised. I mean, he's the one that has the most upside out of all these guys. I don't know what the exact contract is of no compete and everything, but I would not be shocked if we see him, you know, this time next year in AEW, if he's a full-time regular person. Would you, would you, would you want him to be... I mean, I would also like to see him in New Japan. I mean, being his name is Brody Lee, he can be, you know, Stan Hansen or Brody, uh, stop it, Doug. I'm combining Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen doubles and said like Bruiser, Brody Hansen. You okay? And I think that bang is kicking. I'm about to have a... I think the dog released some anal glands because it smells a little assy over here. Great. Yep. But moving on to some suspensions. We haven't had a suspension. Do you know the last time we've had a WWE suspension, Dominic? For the wellness policy violation. What was that, Roman? Nope. Who's the last one? Was your girl Paige. She was not the last one. Back in October 2016 was the last wellness policy violation we have had. Bullshit. Bullshit. Name me one that happened in the last three years. I thought Roman had one, too. Roman had it in the summer of 2016. Paige had it the fall of 2016. Summer 2016 was when Eva Marie and Roman got suspended. Mm-hmm. And Eva Marie said she was taking Adderall and it was all on the up and up. But anyways, we get Bobby, Robert, someone, Rude, and uh, Primo Cologne. Didn't even know he was still with the company. There were rumors mm-hmm. that him and Epico left. They are have been suspended. No word yet on exactly what it is, what happened, but first offense for both of them, 30 days, so they will be back before the Royal Rumble. Robert Roode was being used as Baron Corbin's lackey. He gets basically killed by Roman, so maybe they knew this was coming up, and they wrote him off TV. I can't believe Bobby Roode, man. They finally oh. give him a push, and then he just gets popped for something, and he's gone. <laughs> Disappointed in him. I gotta tell uh, no more glorious chance. No more glorious chance. Gotta take it off the ringtone. Studio audience, big fan of Robert Roode. It's gonna it's gonna kill her to know that he's not gonna be on TV because you know avid watcher of SmackDown. Yes. Only watches for Robert Roode. Exactly. He's so now moving on, we I teased last week that we're gonna be switching up the cadence of the show on the wrestling end, and we're gonna be talking about NXT on a regular basis. We're gonna talk about NXT, AW, and glance over WWE. So much stuff. Happens. We're going to talk about a little bit of it, but a uh, different week because there is TLC, so we'll be going over the pred- uh, predictions for TLC and kind of go about what has happened on television leading up to that point. But NXT, 789,000 people. AEW, 789,000 people. A virtual tie, yes, you know, margin of error, Nielsen box ratings, who knows exactly how many people are actually watching, but a virtual tie. The demographics for NXT skews older, AW skews younger. Dominic, your thoughts on the tie and the ratings war? I mean, I I I think it's perfect. It makes everybody think that oh my God, it's, they're just as good, or AW's better, oh NXT is better. I think it gets everybody a second to shut up and actually be like, you know, but there there's a bigger picture here. This is a great time to be a wrestling fan. Thanks, Dominic. You can step down from your soapbox, but it's uh, it's interesting. You know, if you look through the weeds, you can say like, "Oh, NXT have an, has an overrun, and that's why they kind of get their thing boosted a little bit." So it it, and especially with ratings and viewership, it's all kind of subjective. I mean, how exactly do they know how many people are watching? Because not everyone has a Nielsen box. I don't. I don't either. But we're gonna talk about NXT. They started the show off hot with an NXT 
Cruiserweight Championship match. Angel Garza defeats Leo Rush. Fantastic match. Uh, Angel being very over with the ladies. Very sexy man. Good looking man. Kind of like you. But he's taken. Because during the commercial break, he proposes to his girlfriend, now his fiance. Fiance. And now, I mean, I assume he was a heel going into that match, but you can't just air a, a proposal and have him be a heel now, right? So he's a pizza. Could be the top tier babyface for the cruiserweight division. Until he does the angle of where he's cheating on his fiance. Your thoughts on the match itself? Fantastic match. I, th- I think. I was really never into Leo Rush or any. Okay, I'll be honest. Ever since Neville left. Do you think Garza's the right person because he doesn't have the main roster stink on him? Yes. I think he's better than a lot of the other people that they could have chose. It will be interesting to see who else is going to be in the Cruiserweight division, especially since we've seen a lot of the Cruiserweights be jobbers on Raw and SmackDown. But we have to stay tuned to find out. Next up, we got Dakota Kai defeating Mia Yim through nefarious means. Dakota Kai takes the top turnbuckle off. Mia Yim gets hit in the face with it, gets a roll-up. Dakota Kai wins, but then Mia Yim beats her up, takes her to the announce area, tech area, puts her through a table, and so Mia Yim, you know, gets the last laugh, but obviously this feud is not done. I'm sorry. I think Mia Yim needs to get called up already. My opinion. I mean, the women's division for both Raw and SmackDown, the single, well, I mean, just the women's division in general is very lackluster and lacking depth. Besides but the to me, she, she, just, she just dings me for a kind of like a Becky Lynch where she never won she's never going to win the title on NXT but when she gets to Raw or SmackDown that's when she's going to break break through and be a star she was getting a lot of momentum recently and then Rhea Ripley came and she's now the hot new thing now but Mia Yim if presented correctly she can get over uh, your th- we haven't really talked about Dakota Kai your thoughts on her heel turn yeah, it's very bland everybody saw it coming I mean yeah, I, I didn't like it. I mean, not that I didn't like it, because, like, oh, she's bad, a bad girl. I, I think if she could have done it... I mean, she is bad. With capital B? With two Ds. Ooh. No, um, I, I just think they could have executed it better. I think they've been doing a good job. I think Dakota Kai is kind of similar to that Bailey role where you can't see her turning heel and then she does, then she has to be drastically different than what she normally is. I think she's been fine, but she was never the strongest talker in the world. I think for her to be a heel, she has to be a little bit better on the mic. But speaking of Rhea Ripley, the hot young thing in the women's division, in NXT, possibly the hottest thing going, Baszler, Rhea, they have some high packages for their match next week, December 18th, Women's Championship match. Your thoughts on the hype, and does Rhea get it done against Baszler? I think this match is going to solidify Shayna Baszler as one of the most decorated NXT Women Champions of all time. Um, I think Rhea would be a good person to dethrone Shayna, I think this match will be a, a showstopper, but I still think Shayna pulls it off somehow. I think the match order will be interesting. I don't know if they're going to have the women's match or the men's match, you know, whatever, bookend. One be the first match, one be the last match. I could see maybe two title changes, one title change. I think there will be at least one title change 
on next week's NXT. I would like to see it be Rhea Ripley. I think Rhea Ripley has been fantastic. I think this Ripley-Baszler match is probably the biggest match thus far in the NXT USA Network era. They've done a great job. Rhea Ripley has definitely gotten over as babyface. I think surprisingly so how great she's been. And, you know, she's the big, strong person, believably, that can go beat up Shayna Baszler. Well, but the, the thing, though, is once Shayna... Okay, let's say, let's say Rhea, Rhea gets it done. And where? say Baszler leaves for a couple weeks, and she just happens to turn about the Royal Rumble. We finally get that singles becky Shayna match at WrestleMania. Makes sense. Okay, there we you go. Write off ba- mind, then. You know, she does the job on the way out. We don't see her until the Rumble. She wins. Bada boom. Or would you rather see Ronda come back and we get Ronda versus Becky at WrestleMania? I would enjoy to see that. I mean, I wanted Ronda and Becky one-on-one this year at WrestleMania, but I could also see, it would be interesting to see, you know, Ronda going over to Fox. It's the the broadcast channel. You're trying to get as much ratings as you want. I don't know if Ronda as a babyface going against Becky. Exactly the right move. Maybe you put it on Sasha. I don't know how you do that, but I think maybe you kind of switch things up and you don't go back to Becky and Ronda, but you go Ronda on SmackDown. Go against Bailey. Maybe she goes against Lacey Evans because she's a God-fearing Marine. It's better to see that, but that—that's where everything gets all gets all lost in, you know, lost in translation. Is who's the better champion for Ronda to go against? At least on the SmackDown side, they're fresh matchups. True. Finally, for NXT, I did it twice. I'm sorry, guys. You're a piece of shit. I know. We have the triple threat match to determine who will be the number one contender for Adam Cole's championship next week. Keith Lee, Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa, all great options, but they go with Finn Balor. Balor beats Keith Lee in a surprise coup de grace. We will get Finn Balor against Adam Cole. Two, I guess, heels going against each other, but they're such fan favorites. Just kind of have a great match and cheer whoever you want. I guess that's what the idea is. Who wins that match? I don't know. I mean, I was looking. All three of those guys, you could make the case for them winning. You can go in different directions. Lee was getting over at Survivor Series. Ciampa getting Goldie back. Finn Balor, you know, the big star coming back to NXT and doing his thing. You can go any which way, but with Balor, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. If you're going to have Balor be the clear-cut top-tier heel, Mm-hmm. in the company. But that's just what I like about NXT is they have these big matches and you honestly can't tell who's going to win. So it makes you invested to see what happens. Well, my thing is if Adam Cole loses, to me, he he's done in NXT. He needs to go to the main roster. I mean, it's... I don't know if just because he loses, he needs to go to the main roster. Or I mean, Adam Cole... I'm scared of him if he does go to the main roster because he's one of those guys where he's super talented, he's great, he's like Kevin Owens. If he was protected and booked well, he could be the top person in the company. But with Vince McMahon in charge, I'm scared. He's He looks at him, he's too short. He can't He can't be our top guy. He can be a comedy act. What if you bring all of Undisputed Era with him? They're all short. Four of them? Ah, feed him a Roman. Feed him to Roman? I'm going to feed this dog to Roman in a second. Fat boy. Now moving over to Dominic's favorite show, 
AEW Dynamite. They start the show off hot with John Moxley winning a squash match. I think this is what they should have done on the opening show for Dynamite. Just have Moxley come out, be a star, be a badass, kill somebody, and cuts a badass promo. On this show, he doesn't cut a badass promo. But yet Chris Jericho comes down and tries to make an offer for John Moxley to join the inner circle. So kind of playing off the DDP NWO stuff. The heels are trying to get the big tough baby face on their side, so they don't have to deal with them. You consider Moxley a baby face? Yes. But he's a badass. People, Stone Cold is the most badass wrestler of all time, and he was the hottest baby face of all time. He was also a heel. Stone Cold was not a heel. Stone Cold from 98 to 2001 was the baby face. Sure, whatever you say, Brandon. I guess that's just your way of not answering the question. You're not talking about the segment? You're just oh. going to finger your dog? I'm not fingering my dog. I'm playing with him because if you want him not to bark... Jeez. Uh, segment. Like, give him a bone or something. So you got a bone right now. Why don't you give it to him, huh? Perv. Oh my god, everybody. Brandon's whipping out his penis right now. Oh, he's so petty. Dominic, we have to we have to restart the podcast. We can't we can't have that in there. Yeah, we can. If we're if anybody out there is still listening, I'm sorry. Moving on. No, well, can I talk about this segment? Well, you're too busy talking about me fucking your dog. I didn't say you're fucking my dog. I said you whipped out your penis for the dog. Okay, to penetrate I, the dog. But I didn't say there's anything going on. Jeez, fucking perv. Um, talk about the segment real quick. I am. Um, I don't, to me, it's something that you see all the time, you know, they're always like, oh, I don't want to fight you, so join the join my group, whatever, but is it sad part of me wanting him to join? You can have whatever you want. You can think whatever you want, Dominic. You're an independent man. Well, no, because, like, wouldn't it be better for him to join and then, like, you know, do the page thing, join, and then turn on him? But Paige didn't actually join. He put the t-shirt on for like 10 seconds and then hit him with the diamond cutter. Yeah. Just like Jay White did with the Bullet Club. Jay White is the leader of the Bullet Club. Now he is. He wasn't at the time. Dominic, New Japan expert over here. Are you? Are we going to watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom both nights together live? Uh, yeah, man, totally. Totally? Yeah. Oreo, what do you think? He agrees. Moving on, we get the Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny defeating QT Marshall and Cody in a tag team match. What you would expect. Spirited effort by old QT Marshall, but he ends up taking the loss here. I thought it was a really fun match. A lot of old school stuff here. You know, building to the hot tag to Cody. He's on his dad. He, I mean, he got a really good pop on the hot tag, but it was a lot of fun. Do you see Butcher and Blade going, going high in the tag team division? Or is this more just a... a, a segment for them, or not a segment, like a, just a storyline and they're gone. I think they're going to stick around. I mean, Allie was one of their first signings. They haven't really talked about why she's the bunny now, but it is what it is. They barely talked about MJF being the one who brought in the Butcher and the Blade, but yeah, it's just one of those things where AEW, I think, puts too much content, too much important content on the internet and expects them, expects all of us to watch everything, and then they don't really explain it on Dynamite all the Well, they did explain to it a little bit, but once again, the audio issues kind of came in to effect where you couldn't really hear what MJF was talking about for a little bit at the beginning, but I think Butcher and the Blade have some upside. I like the Butcher's look. Braxton Sutter, he's cool. I like him. 
I don't know exactly what Allie's character is going to be. Is she just going to be a manager? Is she going to wrestle? Is she just going to, like, you know, is she going to be the one that talks? Is she cuts the promos? If so, I don't think that's the best thing for the group because I don't think Allie's that good of a promo at all, especially a heel promo. I literally thought she was Sexy Star for a second when I first saw her. You thought the tall, white, blonde Allie was the Mexican Sexy Star. I wasn't wearing my glasses. Okay, then then it's fine. Then, speaking of MJF, he cuts a promo. I thought it was fantastic. Finally, he's able to sink his teeth into something instead of just doing the generic indie heel promo where he just calls everybody fat and rips on the crowd and does all that other stuff. So, your thoughts on MJF? He says that he will challenge Cody, but in Jacksonville, January 1st, he will say his stipulations. I, I at first... I thought MGF was just going to be kind of a stooge jobber. Um, I will say I've changed my mind on him. I I am a, I'm very high on MGF. This promo I think kind of solidified his placement at the moment of uh, in you know the ranking rankings of AEW. Um, I just uh, for me me not liking. AEW is different for me not liking uh, the wrestlers. I know, I know, I know, I don't need to say that, but, you know, I think MGF is a very, was very underrated, and now he's kind of shining at the right moment. MGF is going to be the next Chris Jericho. I know that was the whole dig on Cody that Cody said on MGF, but MGF will replace Jericho as the top heel in the next coming years because Jericho can't be a heel for that much longer. He's, yeah. he's going to turn maybe even by the end of 2020. Oh, I believe it. Or he'll just be, you know, so over... Well, okay, well no, he's over. I mean, he's doing a good job as, of turning the crowd against him, but, I mean, eventually you have to turn Jericho babyface, especially if this is, like, his last run. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to turn eventually, and you need to yeah. groom that next top person. You don't want your top... one of your top people to be... You know, I love Jericho, but... He's in his late 40s. You want to build for the next generation. MJF is definitely one of those people. Well, then you also have Guevara. And, I mean, and you're going to have other people step up. I mean, you could have Hangman Page go heel. and be Which just... they are kind of teasing at. I'm just saying. Speaking of Hangman, him and Kenny defeat Kip Sabian and Sean Spears. Tilly Blanchard was not at ringside because Joey Janela abducted him, tied him up. Nice. And Kenny was going to take care of Kip Sabian. He was almost going to line up uh, a V-trigger or whatever. And then Hangman Page gets the blind tag, hits the buckshot, gets the victory, has a little boo-boo face on. But Kenny's like, you know what? We got the win. Can't complain. But, you know, some seeds planted for maybe Hangman and Kenny down the line or Hangman just turning against Elite in general. I think that would be perfect for Hangman. I think that will help him get off the teat of the Elite. Like he's already technically left the elite, but he's still friendly with them. Why? I don't know. He's he's just trying to do him right now. He, he's you know he's been on a losing streak, so he's trying to find himself. He's having an existential crisis. Uh, Maybe you'll have one with the studio audience gone for the next two weeks. Yeah, I've been I have I've been listening to a lot of uh, Mana. It's a Spanish band, you know. Mi corazón. Spanish as in from Spain, or Spanish as in they speak Spanish? Speak Spanish. 
which means they're from what country? I think they're from Mexico. I'm assuming. I don't know much about them. Anyways, we don't know that much about Big Swole. She is the newest signing for AEW. She defeats Emi Sakura, who is the cosplaying Freddie Mercury. Ugh. Once again, these women's matches, not very good. Could have shaved off five minutes. Very too ambitious with the commercial break. In the middle, Big Swole, she's charismatic. Maybe not the best wrestler, but it's another body in the women's division. Yeah, but it's another body that's not going to be doing much for him. Speaking of the women's division, we get Brandy Rhodes, Ugh. who cuts a promo, another promo, of the Nightmare Collective, or whatever the fuck they're calling themselves. We have the fan, who shaved, got her head shaved. Mm-hmm. She was there, she rubbed some bald dude's head, so they're teasing maybe a new person added to the group, which apparently rumors speculate that it's one of Chris Jericho's buddies, who's like in his 50s, but who knows? PCO, breaking news, won the Ring of Honor Championship tonight. So if PCO can be the ROH champ, soak in this dude. But AEW champ, because he's not an ROH. Okay. I mean, I don't know who the fuck PCO is, but... How do you not know who PCO is, Dominic? Who the fuck is PCO? It's fucking one of the Quebecers, and he had a fantastic match with Walter last year, and he's like 50, but he's doing like planches and killing himself, and he's amazing. Do some fucking research, Dominic. Sorry. wasn't no, I wasn't told that PCO was going to be a topic on this. Once again, this is curveballs and chair shots. I gotta throw curveballs at you. Keep on your toes. And I'm trying to smack it out of the park with a chair, man. Speaking of Sam McGavar, we talked about him a little earlier. Maybe he could be the next Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was on commentary for his match against Luchasaurus. Not a complete squash, but Luchasaurus looked uh, big and devastating against Sammy. Jericho and Jake Hager make the run-in. Jungle Boy gets the pseudo-pin on Jericho. Big pop from the crowd. Jericho against Jungle Boy next week. Non-title, 10-minute time limit. I think it's kind of obvious that it's going to be just a, a tie, a yeah. draw. Yeah. But I think they can have a lot of fun with it. Your thoughts overall on all this shenanigans? I mean, I I, I think Luchasaurus is uh, destined, destined to be a top contender. Um Jericho and Hager, 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 um, Hager. I'm gonna call him Swagger. Um, Just call him Jake. Call him Jake. There we go. Chris and Jake making the run in. To me, it's kind of just. Um, I I think it would have meant more if they didn't do it. But I think it's just old school stuff. Just having the baby face beat the heel. It doesn't count, but we all saw it. Yeah. And it gets you excited for next week. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's only a ten-minute match, so you know it's going to be a sprint. I think Jericho's probably just going to beat up Jungle Boy for the first, you know, five minutes, and then Jungle Boy finally gets his offense, and he's almost going to win. He's on the brink of winning, but then the time runs out, just yeah. kind of like what Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes did. It's going to be he's going to hit him, and then it's going to be pinning one, two times up. Next week, December eighteenth, is going to be a big show, especially for NXT AEW. I think they are filling up with big matches, but. I think maybe NXT with those two title matches. Do you think they get the edge next week, or does? I think so. Yeah, I think I'll definitely give it to NXT. But the thing, I, what I was thinking was because I was watching, um, you know, I I stole your network account. Well, I gave um, it to you so we can watch NXT, and I I just never signed out. Yeah, um, but I was watching uh, Stone Cold podcast with Undertaker, and um, something about I think somebody said something about how. Uh, 
um, I think it was WCW was bringing in, um, you know, like week after week they'll bring someone special in. I was thinking AEW should do something like that. What? Well, um, your dog is trying to make love with that goddamn computer. We're almost to the end. He's going to fuck it all up. But no, that's what I was thinking was they could bring in, you know, maybe not super, super duper famous people, but, you know, you can bring in, you know, bring in Amazing Red versus Neville, bring in um, Kazucha Okada versus Kenny Omega, you know, like do some, bring in some random, you know. I don't think AEW is going to sign a contract with New Japan in the next two weeks to get Okada. I'm not, I'm not saying they need to do it two weeks from now, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I think that would be good for them because, first off, it'll introduce, you know, I, I'm pretty sure half of the audience doesn't know anything about New Japan. I barely Probably know. more. I barely know anything about New Japan. Um, but I'm saying that if I was watching TV and I saw Kazucho Okada come on the TV and I'd be like, who the fuck's that guy? And he's doing this amazing shit. I'd be like, God damn. But they have Kenny Omega on their roster who was... Maybe by far the best wrestler of the year last year, and they haven't really done a whole lot with them. Eh, well, I'm just saying, you you introduce the world to new wrestlers, you introduce, you know... It, yeah, That's I, what they're doing right now with a new company. I mean, everybody on that roster except for Cody, Jericho, Moxley, hasn't been seen on a national level. The Bucks have, haven't they? I mean, like... Neville? Maybe, Okay, Neville. Those four. Awesome Kong. She was there with like a cup of coffee. I'm talking about, you know, top tier people that are going to uh, draw people TNA. in. She's in TNA? It's TNA. There's a difference between TNA and WWE, let's be honest. Uh, Finally, the Young Bucks defeat Santana Ortiz. Texas Street Fight. It was crazy. Dominic actually liked this match. He was going to talk about something positive from AEW. Or maybe, or, or maybe he'll find the negative in it. I just want to talk about the tweet that... Uh... Matt went out saying that Nick was nursing a flu all day and then came to the match, he was fucking on point. Nick Jackson is the Michael Jordan of pro wrestling. Yes, he is. Eh, that'll do it. I think this is a uh, maybe the best Wednesday. I don't know if I'd say the best, but really good. I think it was in the top tier of Wednesday I think shows. opening the... I think AEW and NXT both were, were really positive. I think maybe I'd give the edge slightly to, to AEW. Mm. NXT had some very strong opening and closing segments. The middle was kind of meh, but I thought top to bottom, except for the women's stuff, not trying to be sexist, sexist but big. I know, the, the women's segments wasn't all that good, but I think everything else was pretty stellar. I, I might even give an edge to anyone. I think they were both equally strong and weak in certain points and aspects. So I think I'm going to give it a legitimate tie. Just like the ratings. Yep. Moving on, finally, to WWE, we got the TLC preview. But first, we're going to talk about Seth Rollins. He, quote-unquote, joins the AOP. Kevin Owens was skeptical of all the stuff with Seth Rollins and the AOP, and it finally came to fruition. He has a big old spinny chair in the back of a dark black van. Curb stomps Kevin Owens, comes out, blames the fans... He wasn't joining AOP, but they we forced him to join AOP. So a nice little dose of reality of the crowd turning on Seth and kind of using that. And your kind of your thoughts on the Seth Rollins heel turn now that it's finally happened? I mean, I'm happy he turned he, he turned heel. Um, 
I just wish it might have been different. Uh, to me, it was kind of obvious. Um, and it didn't feel organic. It just felt like they did it because it needed to be done versus, you know, kind of stunning and surprising people. And I am on the exact opposite of you. I quite enjoyed the entire spiel with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins on the build that it has. Not everything has to be surprising in a swerve, bro. It made sense. They used some reality, and the crowd didn't really like him all that much, and the crowd forced him to turn and make, you know, Seth Rollins being kind of a dick on Twitter and in real life a little bit, eh. so they kind of teased into that. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. I think it's been consistently the best thing on Raw since Survivor Series. I mean, yeah, I, I've, I've enjoyed it, but I just feel like it also doesn't feel right with AOP and Seth. It is kind of an odd pairing. You can maybe say, oh, it's like the Shield 2.0, but Seth is the clear-cut uh, face yeah. in terms of, you know, the top person in that group. So I think we're going to have to wait and see. It's still in the development stages. Do you see no matches, I think, have been announced with Seth and Kevin? I hope Kevin sells this injury for a long time. Like, I hope we don't see him until next year. But we all know Damn. it's not going to happen. He's probably no. going to come back on Sunday or Monday. He'll come back on Monday. Do you th So you don't think they're going to do anything between these two on TLC? No. All right, so now let's get in to the TLC predictions. We got probably the best match on the show, but it might just be relegated to the kickoff show. Aleister Black taking on Buddy Murphy. Aleister Black finally has something to do. Does he get the victory? And how good is this match going to be? I, I think Black will get the victory just because he's the bigger star. But I'm just saying, given enough time and given enough green lights, this match could be fucking awesome. Hopefully it is, quote-unquote, fucking awesome. Hopefully it is given the time. Uh, next up, we got the SmackDown champion, Tag Team Championship match. We get the New Day and the Revival. The Revival kind of in the spot of the Usos of the new New Day rivals where they just have matches all the time. Just keep on. That's all they do is they just have matches with the Revival or matches with the Usos. Do you think it's just going to be a New Day victory? Probably. I mean, with the tag team division, you don't really know. They can hot shot or not hot shot it, but, you know, bounce it back and forth and just give everyone title victories because who really cares and who's really counting. New Day's, I mean, Big E said he's trying to catch up to Charlotte, so he's got to lose some to win some. All right, there we go. Uh, next up, we get the intense rivalry of Rusev and Bobby Lashley in a tables match. We got divorce court. It's official. Rusev and Lana are divorced, even though I've done some investigative work. Rusev and Lana still follow each other on Instagram. And Rusev, I think Rusev and Lana got a new puppy because they both posted photos with a new puppy. And I think it's the same one. I, th I think it's split split custody. Split custody? And I think I saw Rusev... Fucking like, Lana. Like oh, one of Lana's photos. Like the photo. Oh, okay. One of the Bang photos. Shout out to Bang. I think she might have been actually... No, she, I don't think she was drinking. She was drinking Purple Haze. I'm drinking a Bankster Berry. Bankster. And Dominic does not like bangs, because apparently they give him headaches, but he gave the seal of approval on this one. Yeah. I took a sip, though. I'm not, you know... If I, drank, if I drank that whole thing, I'd be crying right now. Haven't died yet, so that's a that's a. I drink positive. rain energy, or Red Bulls. Because you're an Eva Marie guy. Oh, damn, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a tables match. It's like... Go only Rusev. I mean, Bobby Lashley could step on a table and lose, just like uh, what Big Show did all those years ago. Yep. It's not, I mean, obviously, I think they're going to have another match down the line. 
We got the Viking Raiders Open Challenge. Who answers the call? Does it even matter? Is it the, the Hardys. Oh, the Hardys. Uh, the Viking Raiders defeated the Street Profits on Raw pretty convincingly in like two, three minutes, and the Street Profits come out and do a stupid SNL spoof, so is all hope lost with the Street Profits now? Yes. I agree. But if it's not the Hardys, it's Edge and Christian. Team 3D. We do this every pay-per-view preview. I have to ask you, Dominic, between Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, the women's tag team title match, and The Miz and Bray Wyatt, what is the main event of the show? Miz and Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Miz and Bray Wyatt. Apparently, Corbin and Dominic will be the main event. So we will talk about Roman Reigns taking on Baron Corbin in a TLC match. It is a TLC match, even though there is no title on the line. So if you use something else besides a table, ladder, or chair, you should get disqualified, right? That's just the rules. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they'll think of something stupid like that. Is it anything more than Roman Reigns gets the victory over Baron Corbin? No, not really. That's about it. Straightforward. Yeah. Then in the women's tag team title match, we get Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch taking on the Kabuki Warriors in a TLC match. I keep forgetting, Dominic, that we went to TLC last year, so very similar yep. to the main event that they had last year with Asuka, Becky, and Charlotte. Asuka won. And oh Asuka my God. did win her first women's championship in WWE, so shout out to Asuka for that one. Ronda Rousey might have helped a little bit, but anyways, tag team match. Becky and Charlotte, do they get along? Do they turn on each other and we get Becky and Charlotte again going into Royal Rumble? I'm going to say no. I, 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 I do see Kabuki Warriors winning. No, there's. It's just gonna be. They're just gonna. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be the cleanest victory ever. And then. So if they're not feuding going into Royal Rumble, what is Becky doing? Maybe Becky just sits out, and does what Charlotte she faces and... Liv Morgan because Liv Morgan's coming back, baby. Yes. Shout out Liv Morgan. Very very good on Total Divas. Heart wrenching story. She's never been on vacation. The fuck? The girls went to Hawaii because you know yes, I have that one episode where all the girls go to a vacation and they all get topless and they get naked and you see bikini shots and everything. So they invited Liv and Liv poured her heart out to the girl saying that she's never been on vacation before. She started crying because her mom had like seven kids and the dad died, so hard time, the baby. So the Bella twins called Liv Morgan's mom, invited her over to Hawaii to surprise Liv, and they got Liddy like a titty in Hawaii, and it was such a proud, beautiful moment of living her mother. Living their best life, as Liv Morgan would say, in Hawaii. Damn. I missed it. You did miss it. You can use my WWE Network to watch it in like a year when it gets on the network. Or you can watch on E. I'm tired, Brandon. Are we almost done? Wow, Dominic, you're supposed to be the one bringing the energy. You have energy drink, not me. I gave you like a sip. Yeah. Your point? In... The TLC main event, according to Dominic, the Miz will take on Bray Wyatt. Not the Fiend. Not the Fiend, to be clear, even though in local Minneapolis advertising it says the Fiend, so I don't know if they're just straight up lying and pulling people in, or the marketing team doesn't know the difference, or who knows, but non-title. Haven't seen SmackDown yet, so we haven't seen the final bill to it, if it has switched up to the Fiend, but I think regardless, Bray Wyatt's going to win. I think Yes. Is there chicanery? Is it clean? I think with Bray Wyatt, something has to... You're going to do something with him, right? Could you possibly see somebody screwing over The Miz? 
Maybe. I mean, I can see them doing something stupid where we get, like, the, the Fiend and Bray Wyatt, like, together. Uh, how? They'll find a way. And the dog's somebody... digging to China on the bed. Somebody... I guess you could find somebody who has the same build as Bray and just wig and beard and all that stuff, you know? He's trying to get my hand. That's why my hand's right here. Don't you have, like, a toy or something you can give him? Oh, uh, yeah, it's the fucking legless frog over there he ripped up in a day and a half. Well, give him the legless frog. No. Then he'll eat all the stuffing. Just hurry up with the get-up. Well, that'll do it for us for today. Thank you all very much for tuning in on the Piz Kiz. It's been an eventful podcast. No studio audience. She didn't make a run-in, which was surprising, to be honest. There's a two-hour difference between here and middle of Mexico, so she's probably sound asleep right now because she has a big day ahead of her tomorrow. So shout-out to the studio audience if she is listening because we all know she is because she just misses. I'm tell her to listen now. Yeah. She's going to, you know, she's, she's angry at me. She hates me. I don't know what I did. I'm going to tell her to listen to it. Okay. Shout out to the studio audience. Shout out to Chapter to Hell. Listen to them. Listen to Dumb Boys. You can also listen to Bulletcast if you want. You know, you can do whatever you want. Do you I do heard you? they're going to get canceled, so. You do you, boo. Yeah, we're probably going to get canceled. But until next time, next Friday, Curveballs and Share Shots, second annual Christmas exchange. Goodbye and a good night. Uh, bye bye. <laughs>